Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fignuts Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 14, and if you put them all together, that's 208 episodes of Football and Beer. I'm Craig. And I'm Britt. And, and Britt. Craig... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, oh, I was just Go gonna ahead. say, I was gonna say, we're back, and I didn't know if you wanted to um, uh, talk about our fantasy matchup last week. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Craig won Sturgis for the first time in two years, so I'm looking at the hundred and some odd year old trophy that sits on my sh- uh, shelf. Uh, and yes, it's a hundred year old trophy, not because we've been doing this for a hundred years, um, but because I bought it off of eBay. <laughs> I literally went on eBay like a decade ago and was like, show me the cheapest used uh, trophy I could find. And some guy was saying, I don't know. We found this in our attic. It's like $2. It's got something on it that says like 1921 regatta champion. And the plate comes off really easy. And I was like, done. Um, and so, yeah, it is old. It is wretched looking. Um, but it is ours. It is the Sturgis Cup. That is true. So, uh I will be awarding the Sturgis Cup to uh, Craig when I see him on Saturday at my wife's birthday party. Um, so congratulations to Craig on winning the matchup this year. But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. First, for, before we even get to beers, yeah. apologies that we're a day late. I'm on vacation this week, and we had tried to line up one of our um, contributors to replace me, and just schedules didn't work out. So the only thing I could do was come back from my vacation and sit down with Craig on Thursday. So this episode is releasing a day late, and we will not be including any of the Thursday information this week. So that all being said, let's start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking? Uh, So today I have a lovely can of a beer we've had before. Uh, It is Julius. Oh, Treehouse. That's from Treehouse that um, you gave me after you drove up there. (laughs) <laughs> I did. I went up to Treehouse. Um, we went up to Deerfield, and they had a pickup location. Um, yeah. Uh, it's an, uh, so, so it's something you've had before. It's something I've had before. Julius is, is, is basically their flagship beer, in a nutshell. It's their flagship. Um, at least I think it is. I mean, it's, it's the one it everyone is. talks about. It's probably... I mean, all of their beers are usually good, but this is probably my favorite one out of all of them. Yeah, it really is really strong. Me? I just got back from mid-New York. Mid-New York. I was in the Poughkeepsie, yeah, Poughkeepsie, uh, Terrytown region. We spent a couple nights in Poughkeepsie, and we drove down the Terrytown. So I wasn't as far north as Albany, so I wouldn't even call it central New York. It's more southern New York, but it's north of the city. Everybody, there's, there's really only four sections to New York. There's capital region, there's northern or upstate, there's New York City, and there's western. That's and true. And western New York is, western New York is like three quarters of the state. That that is true, and the weird thing is, people not from like New England think if you say New York, it's automatically like New York City. New York There's City, no concept right? of how large the actual state is. Right. <clears throat> I was close enough to New York City that I could see the skyline from our hotel in um, Terrytown. And if you're not, if you're sitting there going, "Why the hell would you go to Terrytown?" Because Terrytown is the nearest formal uh, city next to a small place that's known as Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. And it's October, and my wife and I are huge fans of Halloween. We love – she likes the scary shit. I like the legendary shit. And if you don't know what the legend of Sleepy Hollow is, then I can't help you. But uh, <laughs> we went there to, to, to actually check out some of the historical landmarks. Um, I saw the location of where the legendary bridge was. Right. The bridge that um, Ichabod Crane supposedly needs to get across 
in order to reach safety from the headless horseman. We saw mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. that he was dashing to, mm-hmm. um, the graveyard through which that whole story takes place. Fascinating stuff. Excuse me. Um, but while we were there, I noticed a place called Halftime Beverage. And it kicked in my head, and I went, I know this place from somewhere. And then I was like, is this the place that Craig likes? Because there's one down near your in-laws that you hit all the time. And, and it, am I thinking of the right place? Is it Halftime? It is Halftime, yes. Okay, well, apparently they're a chain, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's one in Poughkeepsie. So I walked in there, and first off, I was wowed by the size of the place. It's, like, it is large. They are large stores. Uh, it, it's not quite as... It had a bigger selection than Total Wine does up here in Milford, but it was physically smaller, but had a much wider selection. And uh, I went in there with one job. Find Avenue <laughs> of the Pines. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was successful, and right now I am drinking by Northway Brewing Company and Avenue of the Pines. And I'm happy to say I only brought back three, four packs. I could <laughs> not, have easily bought cases. out that store. <laughs> yes, just the three, four packs. I could have easily bought out the store and been perfectly happy. So I am very happy. I have an Avenue of the Pines. And with that, let's get on the burning hot takes. I don't need to do a review of Avenue of Pines. You've heard me talk about it before. It is easily one of my top five uh, IPAs um, in my in my head. And you talk to a guy who's had over, I think, last check on Tapped, I had checked in three hundred and twenty some odd IPAs. <laughs> and that's so with, this is and that's with you like probably forgetting some. Oh yeah, oh yeah, three hundred and twenty checked in, probably closer to four hundred because there's days I just don't feel like dealing with Untapped, mm-hmm. or I'm convinced I've logged something in before. You know, I used to just as as a way to moderate my drinking. I used to log things into Untapped and sit there and go back and be like, at the end of the night, I'd be like, I want one more beer, man. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> how, how many have I had? I would go to Untapped. Well, then I found out that Untapped, while it records everything, it doesn't show duplications in the same day. So if oh. I went to a bar and had three avenues of the pine and just logged in all three avenues of the pine and went back in while I was lightly intoxicated to see how many beers I had, it would show me as having one beer. Ah, because it's all the same beer. It sorts them by title. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I did, I did not know that. That's good to know. That is good yeah. to know, though. And yeah, so I can't use it that way anymore. So sometimes I, sometimes I miss them. Uh, but yes, it is definitely an amazing IPA. I know I've shared it with Craig. I won't share any cans of this. But I have other stuff to share with you. I could spend an entire episode right now talking about the beer experiences we had in uh, central New York because there's some great stuff. But... Let's get on the burning hot takes because there's a lot to discuss going on out there. Are you giving or receiving today? Um, I guess giving, but should we, since sent us one, should we, should we read this? Yeah. You want to do that as like the third one? Let's do, let's start with cinches and then we'll each take one. So once in a while, our, our contributors will send us one. So let's do cinch, then I'll do mine and then you could do yours and we'll go from there. We'll do it live. Let me, uh, here we go. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Cinch says, would you rather... Have a root canal. Oh. Perform a root canal on the one you love the most. Oh, my God. And then third, own season tickets to the Jets. You can't sell them, and you have to end every game in its entirety. Wow. So would I rather (laughs) endure pain, cause pain, or endure pain (laughs) is essentially the question, right? Well, hold on. Here's 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 how I'm going to do this. All right, so we're already a couple games in. The Jets have already hosted the uh, – it's a preseason. They've hosted the Pats. 
They've hosted the Titans. They're going to the Patriots. Okay, so on Halloween, they host the Bengals. Yep. They've got the Bills, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Saints, and the Jaguars, and mm. the Bucks. Right. I'll take the tickets, and I'll tell you why. The Bengals are good. I would like to see the Bengals play. The Bills are good. I'd like to see the Bills play. The Eagles, it's still football. The Dolphins, it's still football. The Saints, I think, are going to get better. Um, I think the, the Jaguars-Jets game is the day after Christmas, and I think Trevor Lawrence will be settled in by then. And the Buccaneers on January 2nd. That's a game that actually may matter for either or both teams. So, yeah, I, I'll take the Jets tickets in this case. What do you say? Um, same thing. I've been to a few Jets games. Um Never been to a Jets game. It's you know, it's enjoyable. I wouldn't say they I won't say they won, but you know, it was enjoyable to go to game live. And out of the other two options, I would definitely just take the tickets. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No. Okay. I know Cinch was being silly there, but <laughs> I know, but you know, you know. All right, so my question for you mm-hmm. has to do with we're now through week five. Yeah. First off, the Kansas City Chiefs are two and three, the worst team in the AFC West. It's crazy, right? You haven't said that in a very long time. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been since Gunther Cunningham was there since I've had to say those words. So, but my question for you is the best division in football. There are two divisions in the AFC, and I'm going based on total wins. Okay. Two divisions with 12 wins each. The AFC North has 12 total wins. The AFC West has 12 total wins. Okay. In the NFC, there's only one Let's see, who is they? They might have 12 too. There's a 12, but there's a team with 13. The NFC West has 13 combined wins. Mm-hmm. Best division in football. Or best, so, best division in NFC, I don't think is up for debate, right? Can we just agree that the NFC West is the best division in football in, in, in NFC anyway? Uh, I think it would have to be uh, right now. Because we can't say so my the, qu- we can't say the NFC East, especially sorry, Cowboy fans, because their division is not good. No, there's nobody with more than two wins other than the Cowboys. You have one team over 500. There's no chance. Right. <laughs> I can I can give you that. But so let's go to the AFC. So then, better division: the AFC North or the AFC West? Ah, that's tough. That's tough. See, I guess. I'm and now be, you're you're North Homer. So I am. I am. So I guess I I'd be biased towards that because the AFC North for so for so so long was dominated by the Steelers and then mm-hmm. off and on the Ravens but it was normally the Steelers and now there's this shift happening where the other teams in the AFC North I'm sorry AFC North are winning and the Steelers are not so mm-hmm. it's a really interesting it's a it's a really interesting kind of aspect to see cuz it hasn't been that way in a, in a while um man that's that's tough I'm so here's where about, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I, go ahead. So go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm no, sorry. I was, I was just going to say it's tough because if you look at the – say, okay, so you look at the top three teams in each of those divisions, or four teams, and we'll include the Chiefs, like those teams have the potential to score so many points on like any Ravens' given... offense is good. The Bengals' offense is improved. We've already seen improvement out of the Browns. The, Steeler, the Steelers are just a mess. They're but done, yeah. The Chargers has been good. We we haven't even talked about John Gruden yet. Denver is somehow three and two. I have no idea how. And we know Kansas City's offense is going to come around eventually. Right. So I mean, all eight of those teams can score points. Probably. All right. So the worst team in the division 
probably in terms of scoring points are the Steelers and the Broncos, right? Out of those two divisions, I out of those so. out of yeah. those eights, probably yeah. would say the Steelers and the Broncos are probably the worst scorers. Uh so I would take either of those, uh, either of their scoring abilities over Jacksonville. Yes, uh, definitely over the Texans. Uh, yep. Maybe over the Colts. I wouldn't take it over the Titans. So the worst offensive team is better than pretty much three quarters of the AFC South. And I'm looking at the AFC East. I would take either of those teams' scoring ability over the Pats, Dolphins, or Jets. So yeah. what we're really saying here is the worst offensive teams in these two divisions are better than 75% of the rest of the league. That's scary. I'm sorry, rest of the conference, <laughs> rather. Rest of the conference. Right. You take the, the, the teams in their conference out, and you say, okay, take out the AFC North and AFC West. Now let's say let's see the Broncos and... The Steelers, how do they compare against the East and the South? And they compare well. Hmm. You know, I mean, the Bills are good. That we They had a slow start. They're 4-1. and one. Okay, whatever. But they're good. They're good. They they beat, they they exploited the Chiefs last week. The Chiefs are a mess. The Chiefs are a mess. The Chiefs defense, are half the reason they drink. De- defensively or offensively, are they a whole team I think the mess. problem is the defense, the defensive failures have led to offensive pressure. So... There has, and we've seen this. If you have watched Chief games like I have as a fan, I, I watch as every game I can. When the defense makes a big stop, particularly in games that are close or they're trailing, Patrick Mahomes rallies the offense around those defensive stops. Mm-hmm. He is the biggest guy to stand up and go, "Oh my God, look! They got they gave us the shot. This is our shot. Let's go out there and get it. This is our, they gave us our opening. Let's go get this." The defense is literally giving up points on almost every drive. Like I'm gonna, should I, should I just pull up Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs team stats? How many punts have they received this year? That's How many good. punts? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, punt returns. So, okay. so like the the errors Patrick Mahomes has been having with the forced turnover, you know, when he's forcing the ball and kind of just chucking it. Which ones? You know, usually he gets those, but you know, in that last game he he didn't. So you mm-hmm. think that's not that's him putting pressure on himself to make something happen since the defense yes. is I think he's making mistakes because they have no faith in the defense. Mm. I think he I, and, and that's not to say it's okay for his mistakes. Not saying that at all. I am saying that he is making mistakes based off of the fact that he's got no faith the defense can go out there and do stuff and he is and and he, the first couple years of his career he's had such unmitigated success in making things happen, making plays out of nothing mm-hmm. that he just, he's, he's just naturally forcing that. Okay. So, um, Miko Hardman is our, our punt return guy. Okay. Okay. It's not he's Pringle? only, no Pringles, a kickoff guy. Oh, okay. Okay. The Kansas city chiefs have only received seven punts in five weeks, seven wow. punts in five weeks. You know how many kickoff returns they've had? How many? 14. Huh. That's an interesting that's an interesting uh stat. So that says to me for every 3 times the opposing team is touching the ball, they are they are 66% of the time scoring and only punting 33% of the time. That's not how this that, this team can't operate like that. It can't. It can't. No, it's no, not. let me let me go back to 2021. Let me go back to 2020. Go back one year real quick here. Doing it live. <laughs> so for every punt return, they've had two kickoff returns so far. Right? Right. 
Hold on, there's my special teams. Overall, show me special teams only. Punt returns last year. I'm sorry, I did that wrong. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh-oh. See, doing it live this is what happens. Yeah, because I, I, I added fair catches and returns together, and that's not correct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Let me go back and reset that and get that correct correctly said before I try to make this point. Giants versus Chiefs. What is that? Is that this week? Because that's a game we can win. Finally. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Daniel okay. Jones, Jones might play. Hardman has had in, is this 2021? Uh, Making know. sure I get the, yeah, okay. Hardman has re, Hardman has received four punts. There's been a total of 15 kick returns. So that's almost three to one. That's even worse. Wow. Four punts, 15 kicks. Well, yeah, but there's one automatic kick at the start of every game. Great. So they don't have to be scoring drives. Could be start of a half. Great. That's still 10 to four. That's still two to one, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and look at 2020. Were we getting that many kickoffs compared to punts? Go into it right now. There were a total of 28 punt returns last season. 28. Kickoffs, 19, 22, 24, 25. Hmm. 25. 19 plus 3 is 22 plus 3 is 25. So last season, punts outnumbered kicks in terms of special teams receiving the ball. Keep that in mind. Okay. This year, kickoffs are outnumbering punts almost two to one. Oh, that's not good. Well, that's not good for your defense. That means every time they touch the ball, they're scoring. Mm-hmm. They're scoring roughly 50% of the time that the, the, whoever opposes the Chiefs, roughly 50% of the time, they're scoring. That you, you, you can't win that way. You can't. You can't. So, yeah, I forget. I just completely got us off topic there. But, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, okay. the, the, that's the problem with the Chiefs. That is absolutely the problem with the Chiefs. They are, they are, their defense is so bad that um, Mahomes is definitely forcing shit, and it's, it's not going well. It's not going well at all. And so that's what somebody said to me. Somebody put on Twitter, in one sentence, give me your, your takeaway after five weeks. And I went, the Chiefs' defense is causing the Chiefs' offense to play poorly. And the dude wrote back, that makes perfect sense because they can't, stay, they can't keep the offense on the field. Which was funny because Cinch wrote to us this week and said the problem with Kansas City is they need to take more time on offense and keep their defense off the field. And while he's right, it's not because the Chiefs are scoring quickly and rapidly that they're having the problem. The problem is the Chiefs are not staying keeping their offense on the field at all. And they look – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something sacrilegious. Uh-oh. <laughs> they look lazy. <clears throat> Tyreek huh. Hill looks like he's looking for a penalty flag on every play. And the moment he thinks he deserves one, he stops playing. Patrick Mahomes looks like he thinks he can make every pass through triple coverage. He can't. We have no running game. Hilarious hurt. They're all hurt or COVID. And we let Williams, both Williamses go. Both of them? I thought one of them has COVID. Oh, Darren. No, Darren has. No, Damian Williams has COVID and he's in Chicago. Oh, that's right. (laughs) So the Chiefs are a mess. The Chiefs are an absolute mess. Who's Hilarious backup? Mess. Darren Williams? Is he still there? I don't know. They should trade for Marlon Mack. <laughs> I, I, 
I mean, he rushed for a thousand yards in 2019. But I mean, I don't know how much more I can watch this team lose. It is Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Oh, Jarek McKinnon's still there too. I forgot about Derek. Jarek McKinnon. Oh. But you know who's behind him? Who's behind him? Derek Gore. Derek Gore? Derek Gore. Is he is he related? I don't know. <laughs> we should find out. I'm checking right now. Oh my god, yes. He's Frank Gore's son. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. No, oh, no, no. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, no. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He came over from the Chargers, by the way. He was a Charger. Uh, uh, well, Derek is not related to Frank Gore, although their surname impression of the same, they are not related. Okay, oh my God, oh. if he was, he'd be my new favorite player. <laughs> but this team was so bad that Byron Pringle caught a touchdown on Sunday night and I couldn't cash. Wow. Did you ever think you would you would see that happen? <laughs> no. And can we just talk really quick about how bad DFS was last week? I had a lineup that was 176 points and failed to cash in double-ups. Wow, that's scary. Yes. I broke, I broke even last week. I lost, I lost money last week, and I had a lineup at 198 points and one at 176 wow. on DraftKings. And I looked, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I had two great lineups, and those are the ones I pushed really hard. I did not win a single lineup with the 176, yeah, was, and I had it in standard double-ups. It was just a high-scoring week. It was all um, all Tampa Bay and all um, Baltimore. Unbelievable. All right, anyway, let's get on to your question. What have you got for me? I got us too distracted there. Let's just move on. Uh, I'm all Michael, angry now. Um, <laughs> my first, my, I have a statement. Um, speaking of people, running backs who are related to people, Elijah... Holyfield is a Bengal. Just throwing it out there. I know. Vanderson. Craig was big. I picked him up on big. Destiny. In Destiny? Dynasty. Dynasty. Uh, so yeah. Craig was big on him when he came out last year, 2019? I, I don't know. Time is all screwed up in my head. It was, it was because it we were doing a <laughs> Dynasty startup draft, and that particular Dynasty startup said, we're not going to allow rookies until the last three rounds. Mm. Just about people from, like, shooting for rookies right off the gate. And Craig, the entire time we were in that draft, kept saying, Elijah Holyfield's got to be our last target. He's got to be the last name on our list, but we, we got to go get him. He might be, he, he's 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 a, he's a Evander's son. Okay. And then he went like two picks before us and we didn't get a shot at him, but. No, nope. but now he's a Bengal. You know. So we'll see. All right. Um, so what's anyway, your final question? So my final, my question is actually involving running backs. So Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Oh, oh. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. The holy trinity of injuries. And that's where my question is going. Is it time in fantasy that we people, because I know I preached about it in August about McCaffrey and his leg, yeah. but do people need to start paying attention to running back injuries more? Especially, oh, yeah. if, especially if they're a high-profile running back like one of them. Oh, no question. No question. I think, I think the recent spate of injuries in those top like four or five games, and this is what really blows my mind, is in going into the 2020 draft, those three names, in whatever order you want to put them, were the three big names in running back, right? McCaffrey, Cook, and Barkley. Then Barkley gets hurt and misses pretty much all of last year, and Barkley drops down on list to like the second or third round, 
but McCaffrey still goes one overall in most leagues, and Cook goes in the first round, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, what what am I missing here? What is the difference? Well, it's a injury injury history, really, because Christian McCaffrey, I don't think, has ever played a full season. And yet uh, you're gonna. Did, I think he did once. I think when he did his rookie year, maybe I'd have to look that up. Maybe I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to. We're doing it live. No, I don't want to go to ESPN because in, in an interview, Barkley he's frustrated and he said it doesn't make sense why it's happening. It's probably because he went to. He's a Penn State running back. Sorry, Penn State fans. Mm-hmm. So I know Larry Johnson was good. He's the exception. Okay, yep. so, so he he. McCaffrey did start 16 games in 2018 and then 16 games in 2019. Yes, that is accurate. Okay, so he does. But Cook, same, same thing. Everyone's like, oh, Dalvin Cook, he's, he looks fantastic. But no one's talking about Barkley. And granted, Barkley didn't practice during the offseason. People were like, he may not even be ready for opening day. I get it. At this point, and this is why in our live draft, I had an offer from an owner who will remain cinch. <laughs> to trade the number one pick because he wanted Christian McCaffrey, and I seriously thought about doing it. Oh, that's right, because McCaffrey was your keeper. We keep one one person. McCaffrey was not my keeper. Oh, he wasn't your keeper. No, no, but there was a there was a thought, and he had Patrick Mahomes, and he was like, mm. let's package Mahomes for your one pick, and there is a there is a rule in our league where you have to sacrifice the pick of the person you keep, and you can only keep somebody that's drafted outside the top five rounds. Well, he had Mahomes for a five, which means Mahomes would not be retainable after this year. And I had DK Metcalf at like 12. So Mm, what came down to was me saying to Cinch, I'm like, all right, listen, I'll do this deal. I'll trade you the one for Mahomes, but you'd have to take the draft hit at five. I only lose my 12 because you're trading me a guy I can't keep for a guy I'm literally going to have one year. So I'm not going to take a, f- a fifth round hit for it, right? So I'm basically trading my, I'm trading my one and my twelve for Mahomes and your fifth, and he didn't want to do that. He wanted he wanted the, he wanted he was hoping to get the fifth pick back, and he was like, no. But I did. I, the reason I thought about this was because McCaffrey's always hurt. Yeah, it's like you once have once a running back gets hurt one time. And it's more so with running backs in the other legs. positions. Because, in the legs. Right, because if you're a running back, you're taking a lot of abuse. So mm-hmm. if if you get hurt in the lower half of your body once and it's a, it's a serious injury, like I, you're just affected for the rest of your career. Can be. Your Can potential be. to be affected the rest of your career. Oh. So, I mean, I mean, look, right. at, look at Mixon. He's had ankle injuries um, for the last, like, three years. So yeah, so Ugh. there it is. I gotta tell you, my brain is not in this tonight. <laughs> I I am so in vacation mode; it's not even funny. Yeah, I'm gonna so, wake up tomorrow thinking it's Thursday, so it's fine. Yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> We're a day off. Oh, thanks, thanks, contributors. Good job. <laughs> I blame Sean. You real life bastards. <laughs> Oh, Brett's going to go on vacation. Oh, I've got to work. Oh, I've got family stuff. Fuck you. <laughs> I love them both, but that's beside the point. Shit happens. I get it. When Craig texted me, he was like, oh, listen, we have a problem. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's my wife's birthday. By the way, happy birthday to Christy. Happy birthday. It's my wife's birthday. The real reason I'm sitting her birthday here is today. it is officially her birthday today. The only reason I'm sitting here right now is because she is so sick of spending time with me this entire week <laughs> on vacation that she was like, yeah, you go. 
<laughs> for her birthday, Brit is not near her. <laughs> the best thing I can give you is time to yourself. So, all right, let's move on to America's game. America's favorite game. All right, so mercifully, because we're recording on a Thursday night, the Thursday game comes off the list, and it was a, it is a 51 and a half. So we're going to uh, take that off the list. Okay. So you okay. only have three games. There are no sub-40 games this week. Okay. Three games of at least a 50. Before we get into that really quick, are you even going to watch Bucks eagles tonight? Because I'm not. Um, no. I may look at the score randomly, but that's Like, I put in a we, – we have a, a pool – just for those who contribute to the podcast. I don't even think anybody else put it in the lineups. I did. I think you and I are the only two. <laughs> I'm looking right now. Oh, no, four or five. Oh. Four or five. You know who didn't? Oh, are you kidding me? It's the boy? Ugh. Sean, put in the lineup. He's got you can't... 20 minutes. Oh, he's a pin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway. All right. So America's favorite game. we got three games on the lineup tonight okay. or this weekend. The first game, and that's, we're taking Bucks eagles out because okay. we're recording on Thursday night. So three games besides Bucks eagles with at least a 51 and a half. And I, I feel really strongly you got this this week. All right. Okay, so let me, let me look at the schedule here really quick here. All right. Uh, Packers, Bear, no. All right, first off, I'm going to go because I think you have to by default every week, even no matter who they're playing. I'm going to go Chiefs-Washington. Uh, Chiefs Washington is the highest of the week at fifty five and a half. Is that Let because of the this. Chiefs offense, or is that because of the Chiefs? I can't defense? see how. <laughs> I can't see how that would be part of the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense is not producing the way it used to. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my deadly serious whisper right now. Uh-huh. This game is a red herring. Oh. This game is thirty to ten. Really? And I think Washington and Washington <laughs> might win it. Wow. Baiting this game in DFS. Now, one of two things will happen. Either I'm dead right, and this game is a total wash, mm-hmm. or freaking Patrick Mahomes throws for 537 <laughs> yards and six touchdowns, five of them to Byron Pringle, and I throw a chair clean across the room. It's a, it, it is entirely possible, and I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, but half serious. At 55 and a half points, it is entirely possible that Patrick Mahomes scores all 55 of those points. By himself. By himself. <laughs> or is involved in six touchdown plays and you know, something like that. It's just, it's yeah. there. But I'm going to fade it. What do you, how do you feel about Chiefs at, at Washington? Uh, same thing. Like, that's a really, because Washington, I mean, they're not, they're not Jacksonville. They're not terrible. Um, no, but just like they the can way, score points. The way the Chiefs have been playing, uh, I feel like the way the Chiefs defense has been lately, I think Washington definitely has a shot. <laughs> if they win this game, the Chiefs season is over. It is time to clean house. You and that think means so? You... Including, oh, yeah. including Andy? No. No, but Spagnola loses his job. No question. Steve, Steve Spagnola needs to hold this team to under 21 points or he loses his job. I'm on record as saying it. After the after the first couple games, I was like, all right, they'll figure it out. There's you know, Spagnola's a good defensive coordinator. He's got a lot of history. He'll figure this out. Like after week four, I was like, okay, he really has to figure out what he's <laughs> doing with his defense. Mm-hmm. Because they look like they just don't know where to go. Yeah, and a few well, a few clips, yeah, I've seen they just like the secondary just looks confused. That's it. Like they don't know who's supposed to be where when. 
that's it. A ball whizzes by them, and they're like, "Wait, there's not somebody back there." Yeah. We we saw we saw one of our safeties. And I I'm just drawing a blank on which one it was during the last game. Give up on a play because he had followed a guy for like six seconds. He's like, "Oh, the ball must be out by now." So he stopped following the guy and the dude against the Bills. And the dude shot down the field and like and got twenty yards worth of separation and caught a wide open pass because he didn't give up on the play. And I'm just like, "You're a fucking professional." Fucker professional. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even through my first beer here. You're a fucking professional. You have done this your entire life. You have not only done this as something you'd like to do, you do this to survive and support your family. Mm-hmm. You don't assume anything ever. No, you can't. And I saw the replay of that and I went, that is despicably bad. So, yes, if the. I don't think Andy goes, but I think Andy will absolutely throw his defensive coordinator under the bus here. I think, yeah, I, I think changes are coming in Kansas City if they lose to Washington. So, but all right, but they're 55 and a half, and I'm going to fade it personally. All right, two more on the, two more, and you okay. got all your strikes. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Rams, Giants, eee, that's a maybe. We'll, we'll shelf it for now. Okay. Uh, Cardinals, Browns, that's tempting. Um,. Uh, all right, let's go with last week's big um, big scorers. Uh, let's go Chargers-Ravens. Correct, 51 and a half. Oh. Now that's a game I'm very interested in. Even though you're not a, you're, you're not a Charger believer. I, I think the Chargers are the worst team in the AFC West, except on offense. <laughs> I, I, I think the Chargers are a year or two away from being really good, and I think it's going to become to a, a major shock to Keenan Allen when he finds out that he's not a part of their long-term plans. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be shocking to you or me. It's going to be shocking to Keenan Allen. <laughs> um, but this is clearly a game with two really good quarterbacks with a lot of weapons around them. I really like Chargers-Ravens, and I'm going to use it freely in DFS. No hesitation there whatsoever on either side of that ball. Yeah, I would just not use either defense, but yeah. That's yes. it. <laughs> the only people who are not usable is the defense. That's it. So, all right, one more, and you still have all ooh. three of your strikes. Ooh, this is ooh, awesome. Ooh. So excited uh, for you. I'm going to take a sip see. of my beer. Let's see. Texans, Colts, absolutely not. <laughs> um, There's a couple games you can just throw right out the window, like Dolphins, Jags. No, no. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Now, Historically, though, the Jags play good in London, and that's a London game. Mm-hmm. But just saying. Yeah, no. Uh, that's yeah. really the one you can just – that's the only one you can really throw out the window. Let's see. Seahawks-Steelers, I mean, no, especially with um, Wilson out, and Steelers are bad. Steelers are very bad. Yeah, Steelers, uh, there's another team. And I'm not even saying that because gonna... I'm a Bengals fan. I just – as watching football, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the house cleaning is coming there. All right, let's go. All right, let's go with because I think it's close. Uh, let's go Cardinals Browns. No, but you're right. It's close. Forty nine and a half. Oh come on. Yep. All right. Forty nine and a half, and that's a game I would target. Honestly, I think that's going to be. First of all, the Cardinals just look like it. Well, we're going to double DeAndre Hopkins. Have you heard of Rondell Moore? Well, 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 we'll take away Rondale Moore. Great. If you heard of Chase Edmonds, well, Chase Edmonds is hurt. Great. 
They just they just keep finding different people to go to. They do. They are they are which, good at that spreading the ball around when they need which to. Which means just just wait for it. Once he's if he's fully healthy, Christian Kirk, the game is coming. <laughs> every year. Every year that five reception for 103, 103 yards and a touchdown game is coming for Christian Kirk. And then all of a sudden he gets scooped up in fantasy lineups. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's once it, you're you're behind. He's <laughs> he has Jack Doyle syndrome. Uh it's, yeah. It's one just game like, a year. Just like all the people that went crazy over Evans last week. That's great. He's going to do it two more times, and you'll have no idea when it's going to happen. And I don't think he's ever done it back-to-back weeks. Oh, my God, help us. It's going to be the <laughs> Evans apocalypse if he does it in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> because everybody who's sitting there going, I'm not going to pick him up or I'm not going to use him because his 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 freaking DFS salary is going to go to 8K, and mm. I am going to love it. Feed me everybody <laughs> but Mike Evans if that happens. <laughs> Because we know he can't, he can't string good games together. No, he and I was, can't. I was watching that game with my brother and my nephews, and and my brother's watching. He's like, Evans just missed a ball that just went through his hands. I'm like, yes, that's he's like typical. It, he's like, it hit him in the chest. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. You know what? All right, so here we'll do this live too. We'll give Craig time to think. Uh, Mike Evans stats. All right, so I'm going to go and look up his pro football stats from 2020. Okay, let's go to 2021. No, I want to see 2020. I want to see game logs from 2020. Okay. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Games where he had 100-plus yards in 2020. Okay, I'm ready. Week two. Mm-hmm. Seven catches for 104 yards. He was targeted 10 times, 70%. Mm-hmm. Week four, seven of eight. For 122. Okay, that's a decent number. Six of seven in week 14. <laughs> well, but you're just you're cherry picking. Really? So I should I should disregard week 10 where he only caught six out of eleven passes? <laughs> I should disregard week eleven where he caught five of nine? <laughs> I should disregard yeah. week twelve against Kansas City <laughs> where he was Three of nine. What? He caught thirty-three percent of his passes in week a twelve against the worst secondary in the history of modern football. <laughs> yeah, but he caught two touchdowns. Shut up. <laughs> so now what you're telling me is he's the new Chris Carter? He can only catch when you throw him in the end zone. He had four touchdowns in three games. Yeah, that's right. He caught a total of fourteen passes on thirty attempts. <laughs> That's not good. A 50% catch rate does not make you good. Well, yeah, but look at week 15. Yeah, he caught 10 of 12. They had to target him 12 times to get 10 receptions out of him. The dude isn't consistent. Nope. Well, look at his playoffs. He was 6 of 10 against against Washington. Great, 60%. He was one of three against New Orleans, non-factor. He was three of eight against the Packers in the NFC Championship. Really? He was? Damn. Eight times they went to him. Three times it was caught. Oh, yeah, but he owned the Chiefs. They targeted him once in the Super Bowl. Once. Let me say that again. He had one target in that Super Bowl game. One. Wow, that's crazy. I did not know. I did not know that. That's bananas. Every time he has double-digit targets, he pretty much gets to 100 yards. But I'm looking at 2020. He had three games with double-digit targets. 
two of them over 100 yards, but he only had a total of four games over 100 yards in 16 games. And the only back-to-back ones were week 14 and 15 last year against, are you ready? Atlanta and Detroit. Oh. (laughs) Craig, put on a helmet and line up. (laughs) I can get you doubled. I can get you over 100 yards in those games with double-digit targets. (laughs) Done. I... (sighs) His catch percentage last year was 64%. That is not good. Well, it's better than Tyreek Hill, is it? Because I'm about to tell you. Game logs, 2020. Tyreek Hill. Oh, come on. I'm not that drunk. I'm one beer in. Tyreek Hill was 64.4%. Just higher. Just barely higher. But he also had three back-to-back 100-yard games. Really? He only had three games over 100 yards last year? Really? He did have that 269 yards. But, like, I'm looking at the times he's been double-targeted, like, targeted more than 10 times. It's usually around 50% or more. It's just, like, so he went three for seven. He went three for six. Those kinds of games, yeah, okay, that'll run down your percentage. Mike Evans isn't consistent. Period. Pick a wide receiver and go find me somebody who is is a level that is catching less than sixty five percent of their package passes besides him or Mike Evans, Mike Evans or Tyreek Hill. Well, what about Keenan Allen? You always rip on Keenan Allen. Yes, sixty eight percent last year. Caught sixty eight percent of his passes. I st- I will argue to the end of days that Keenan Allen isn't a very isn't a great whiteout. Is not like a Hall of Fame caliber whiteout, but he's Better than Mike Evans. I would. Oh my God. I would agree. (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I'm all sorts of fired up tonight. I don't even know why. Are we still in America's favorite game? We are. are. I I had time to think though. I had time to think. So I got one more, one more game to pick. Um, I'm going to go with two other offenses that usually, well, at least one of them is usually always good. The other one is hit or miss, but let's go Bill's Titans. Correct. You win. Awesome. 53 and a half. And again, I'll stand by what I said last week. 25 of those points are Derrick Henry, so I'm going to use liberally on the Bills side of the ball. I think Craig has been dead right being a, a Dawson Knox truther. Um, I'll use the Bills side of the ball liberally, and I'll use Derrick Henry where I can afford him. So Craig wins this week. Congratulations Yay! with two strikes left. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. All right, we got we to gotta fly into the metric really quick. We're just going to do some metric picks really quick, and then we're going to move on. So again, being on vacation, I had to run home today and uh, walking into my high-tech laboratory, I went, computer, begin processing <laughs> the metric. And it went uh, in a Major Barrett's voice, computing, and then said, done. And I went, all right, talk to me about a quarterback. And it went, Tua Tagliavoa. And I went, okay, I understand Tua is starting again. <laughs> I understand he's only 4,000. But he's in freaking London, which means he's not available in the main slate. So... Give me somebody else. Josh Allen. Okay, Josh Allen, great, but he's 8,200. Give me somebody under like 7K, Joe Burrow. So this week, I'm looking at Josh Allen where I can afford him. I'm looking at Joe Burrow when I can't, and I'm going to use those two guys a lot. Craig, what are you looking at this week at at quarterback? Uh, This week, I'm trying to stay like mid-tier, kind of like you, so under 7,000. So we do have Burrow. uh, He's 63. And I'm still on the Matt Stafford train because he is still under seven thousand. He is sixty seven hundred. 
Now, the Giants' secondary isn't horrendous. They're not bad. They're, like, mid-tier. But, but I think he's going to beat up on them. I really do. I really do. I think the Rams are going to beat up on the Giants. I think it's going to wear them <laughs> down. So I like that pick a lot. And then if you want to go super cheap because of the off, <laughs> don't know, do it. I know you said you're fading it, but you know, uh, the court, Mr. Quarterback in Washington's only 5,800. <laughs> oh my God. I thought you were going to go Geno Smith in Seattle. No, 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 no. I swear to God. I thought you were going Geno Smith. I'm like, Oh God, no. <laughs> All right. Running backs metric. Give me a running back. James Robinson. It London. I can't use him. He's London. Well, go Jonathan Taylor then. Okay, Jonathan Taylor, 6,600. Houston couldn't stop anything. Um, so I, I think that he's usable. Um, I like him and this week at 6,600. If I'm paying up, believe it or not, I kind of like Najee Harris. I got Najee Harris for 21 points. And it's not quite 3X, but I like Najee Harris. I love Daryl Henderson. I love a Rams stack this week. Oh, that could work. I love a Ram stack this week. Daryl Henderson, 6K. I see myself using a lot of Henderson, a lot of Jonathan Taylor this week. What do you got? Uh, so, me, I think my hardest uh, position this week is running back because everyone is broken. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, can, I, may, I may pay up for Eckler. Do you believe Eckler is more expensive than Cook and Jones and Chubb? Right I do because he's having a better year because he hasn't missed any time yet. <laughs> Keyword. <laughs> he came out of the tent. He did. <laughs> uh, when the tent becomes a roach motel, your value drops. <laughs> and if you're from the 70s, you remember the old roach motels, roaches mm-hmm. go in and they don't come out. The blue tent, if the blue tent becomes a roach motel, your value drops. That's true. That is true. Uh, do, I do like Daryl Henderson. He's only 6000 you know, I was kind of looking at Jacobs because he's playing, but he's playing in Denver, so yeah, I'm not. Can we I'm use Daryl Williams with the idea with the the word that Hilaire is out? Can we use Daryl Williams because he's only 4,900 on a chief offense that doesn't know what it's doing against a Washington front line that's not horrendous. That's true. Or or JD McKissick. See, I don't think McKissick's going to get the volume. I think they're going to rely on Williams. I think they're going to rely on Mahomes. I think yeah, Mahomes is going to throw the ball 52 times this week. But running back is, because of injuries, running back is just a mess this week. Running backs. I mean, DeAndre Swift is high in the metric, but I can't trust it because he's hurt. I can't. So, all right, wide receiver. Give me somebody cheap, Jamar Chase. He's not cheap. He's 6,700. <laughs> well, Devontae Adams, 9K? That's the wrong way. Okay, well, Sterling Shepard, he's a giant. <laughs> So there really isn't. So I'm looking at it. There's not great value. I'm probably paying down so I can pay up at wideout because I've got Jamar Chase at Detroit. Jamar Chase should have a field day. He should. So I'm their secondary is broken. So I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, stacks with the Rams. I'm looking at stacks with the Bengals. Just saying. Who do you like at wideout this week? Uh, if I'm going with the now, see, here's my question though. If you go with the Ram stack, do you go with Cup, but he's 7,900, or do you go with Big Bob uh-huh. Woods, who's 61? That's... Or maybe you just use Daryl Henderson and go with the Joe Burrow stack. Hmm, that could work. I used the 176 lineup last week. Used Joe Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Oh wow! I went heavy on the Bengals. I scored 176 points, and I didn't win any money because of the freaking everybody else was good. <laughs> 
I'll tell you right now who I'm fading. I'm who? fading Kadarius Tony. You think, Everybody's you think, you think his runs over? I don't think his runs over. I think the LA. I think that uh, as long as Mark, Marcus Peters is a thing, um, he's not going to do really great in that secondary. At fifty six hundred, I'd rather use Michael Pittman at fifty five. Um, I'd rather use T Higgins at fifty three than go with Kadarius Tony. I just I just don't see this matchup being effective for him. And do you think? So do you think really quick? Do you think Odell is done in Cleveland? Because he's, he's 5,100, and I don't even think they're throwing at him anymore. That, that I, I, would, I, I, would use, I would find a way to use to find $200 to use T. Higgins before I would even consider Odell. And if yeah, I had fair. no choice, and I'm looking at five grand, i am looking down my list right now for somebody I would use. Wow. <laughs> the answer is no. Uh, wow. That bad, huh? You know what? If I'm that <laughs> desperate, I might be looking at Amon St. Ra. Wow. He's 4,200. I mean, somebody has to catch. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we know Detroit's going to throw. Um, yeah. Wow. I honestly don't know where to go with this. And I'm just realizing the metric did not compute everyone properly, but even still. Yeah. No, I, I would, I would use Amon St. Ra as a flyer before I would go use Odell Beckham Jr. I'm just going to say it right there. So tight end, there is one clear value. I will use him liberally. And his name is Zach Ertz, and he plays in five minutes, so he's not available. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, what about the second name? Dan Arnold, London. <laughs> so what's the third value name on my list? I almost fell out of the chair. Ricky Seals Jones. Remember him? I try not to. Remember him? He was he was a Jaguar, and I think he was a Cardinal. Caught like two or three touchdown passes in London during one of the London games, and the universe went on fire. Mm-hmm. And then like the next like the next six games he had like three targets for two catches. So yeah, I tight end, I'm probably gonna pay up this week. I might look at Mark Andrews at fifty two hundred. Um TJ Hawkinson at five K is always an option. Noah Fant, I think, could have a potentially good day. I mean, we haven't talked about the the craziness in Vegas yet. So I'm fading Darren Walter. I'm fading fading virtually everybody on, on the Raiders side of the ball. So uh who do you like this week? Uh, this week, again, it's especially between injuries and people and now bye weeks happening now makes it a little more difficult. I do like CJ Uzuma at 3,100. Um, part of my brain wanted to say Jack Doyle, but then my brain, other part of my brain said, no, No. don't do that. But I do like Farm Jr. at 2,900 against Baltimore because they are not super good against tight ends. You know, Um, I'm realizing I did not upload the metric to you guys. You don't even have it in front of you. I don't. I'm just. You're doing this own. without. I'm using. You're my using own your judgment. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like a lot of these guys overlap on the metric. I'm like, you should be looking at this. So you can see this. You know who sne- who might be sneaky? Who? And it's a huge risk. But Robert Tanyan is only 3,800 because Green Bay hasn't been looking to him, and Chicago at Chicago he could be the target. He could be. Again, like I, I mean, always say, division games are are weird. So everyone's focused on Devonte Adams. They might try to play the short game with Tanyan. I don't know. He could be a sneaky play. All right, defenses, really quick, and then uh, we got to wrap up. Pick one. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, believe it or many. not, the metric, the metric likes the Washington football team. I because they're two thousand dollars. <laughs> they're two thousand dollars, and they are they are putting a eighty percent chance of a turnover. Um, that's that's not wrong. <laughs> no, Kansas City has been turning the ball over. 
Let's turn the ball over. Well, I don't want to use that game. It's too high scoring. Well, the metric now wants you to use Jacksonville. London. <laughs> I have to teach this game to cycle out the games in London. I have yeah. to teach this thing how to do that. Um, honestly, the, 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 probably the, the most, I, I don't even know how to say this. The safest play is probably bills at Tennessee at 2,900, but that's really expensive for a defense. Mm. Um, like the Raiders are more expensive. Don't trust it. Cowboys are more expensive. Don't trust it. Bears are more expensive. Don't trust it. You know, probably if you're going to pay up, it's probably Steelers over Seattle, but I, I think I'm comfortable taking the bills at Tennessee. Who do you like in defense? Um, Defense, it's one of those weeks I may have to see, like, what kind of cash I have left over. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of do like the Bengals against Detroit, but they are $3,400. That is a lot for a defense. Um, I would probably stay away from the Giants. Pot, maybe Baltimore, I don't know. But honestly, looking at this list of available defenses and prices, <laughs> Washington may not be a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you want to stay away from a high... In general, you want to stay away from high-scoring games. But I think, in this case, Washington KC might be an exception to that. Um, Detroit's also high in the metric because they're only 2,100. I would rather use Cincy at 3,400. Uh, but that's a lot of money difference. So I'm going to really bank hard on the bills at 2,900 if I can. Um, if I have to go down, then maybe Chargers... Could you be usable? I can't use the Texans. I don't care. Indy's bad. You can't use the Texans. Hmm. I can't trust the Panthers or Minnesota. Uh, I'm looking at the Giants. I've got them slated for five points, and I'm not sure where that number comes from. I think they, I'm going to say it right now there's a strong chance the Giants post a negative value on defense and DFS this weekend. Strong chance. Um, I think that game's going to be an absolute shootout, and I think the Rams are going to be thrown all over the place. So. Anyway, all right, on the final thoughts, we're way past out of time, and I am exhausted from traveling, so I need to go fall over or play video <laughs> games or something. Craig, what's your final thought this week? Um, Wow. Final thought this week is I'm just going to say don't get wrapped up in everything that's on social media. Oh, God, yeah. I don't even know what you saw, but you were like, I'm taking a day off from social media. I'm like, oh, shit. What, did you, what set you off? You can be honest with our viewers, listeners. What set you off? Um, I think for me, well, it, not the, it was the it was the Gruden thing. Oh yeah. Um, but it's not it's not that he got that he resigned, fired, whatever. You know, he, I guess he didn't, didn't technically get fired. Um, it's not the fact that he left because clearly, because of what happened, he should have left or got fired or whatever. But it's right. people on it was people. I think on online you get into this one upmanship constantly with arguments, mm-hmm. and it doesn't help at all. And so people were saying, well, what he did is worse than people that committed domestic violence. And then it became like a giant snowball of just stupidness after that. So that's what. Right. That's kind of what did it for me. Yeah. So, yeah, be careful with social media. We are very cautious on social media, which is why we don't use it a ton. Um, But, yeah, exact same sort of thing. Uh, My final thought was about John Gruden. Uh, I've already heard people say this is cancel culture. I don't care. I stand by my assessment. Cancel culture is an excuse that people target things on when they don't want to take accountability for stuff or they worry they're the next people to be held accountable, which, by the way, I absolutely, speaking of social media, I almost threw a chair. I'm going to tie this to my final thought. Sure. When Jerry Jones had the audacity to go on TV and say that 
the resignation of John Gruden is just a sign of how we're all held accountable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the we all we all know as much as we love football and the sport of football, we all know that the NFL picks and chooses what they deem important at the time. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That goes along with the conversation we're saying about while well, people are comparing this to domestic violence or to other offenses or to drug offenses, things of that nature. First off, I don't think you can compare everything unilaterally across the board. Not every violation or crime is comparable. That's number one. But yet, there's, there's no question that the NFL treat, dishes out justice in its own method and valuing what it feels like is important at that time. And if you don't believe that, then all you have to look is at how personal fouls have evolved over the last five to 10 years, Mm -hmm. hitting a quarterback in the helmet. No big deal. 20 years ago. Now it'll get you ejected taunting a regular part of the game. Have you all forgotten Terrell Owens dancing on the Dallas star during the game? During a game? At Have least, you all forgotten this happened? At least Juju does it before the game, I guess. Well, I was hurt, but yeah. <laughs> he caught a touchdown, ran 50 yards, planted the balls, and put his hands out like, praise me, and was shocked when a Dallas lineman leveled him. <laughs> that would, oh my God, that would not happen now. So there has never been a question that the NFL changes what it deems to be important. Okay. So there is net. So Jerry Jones, absolutely out of his freaking mind when he says that. And I can't wait, cannot wait for the next time a Dallas player does something really terrible. And Jerry Jones uses his influence to make sure he gets a minimal suspension. Mm -hmm. Cause it's going to happen. Wait. <laughs> it happens every three or four years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's we're due. We're due for somebody to get into a nightclub fight. It'll happen. It'll happen. You know, so there's no. And, and the, so, so my, my takeaways this week from the final thought are, A, don't get caught up in the hype because not every, the NFL is clearly inconsistent. If you're looking for consistency in its judgment in terms of what is a punishable offense and what isn't and how it should be punished, you're looking at the wrong, you're looking at the wrong entity for your role model. And number two, Gruden being pulled is not cancel culture. He screwed up. He screwed up. He's got to be held accountable. He's got to be held accountable. Does that mean he's never going to get a chance to get these things right? No, but it means in the short term, he's got a lot of work to do, and I have no problem taking his name off the ring of honor in the short term. None. None. That's the th people just oh it's all can cancel culture. Is I mean an if, excuse if Vince use. McMahon can take Hogan's name out of the Hall of Fame, granted it was for a short you know it was for an X amount of time, but still yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's not exactly like Vince McMahon's a pillar of the community, folks. <laughs> exactly, not exactly like he's a pillar of the community. Just saying, there's there's stuff that goes on at WWE all the time that we hear about. Okay, just everybody relaxed. Gruden screwed up. And you know who's been getting, and this is the, the last point I wanted to make. So my, my, final, my final thought was three key points, and we fit the first two. Why is ESPN skating by with no blame on this? Um, he was an employee of ESPN when these emails were sent. Because the mouse said so, and the mouse has more money than the world, so that's why. ESPN <laughs> cannot keep itself out of the news in a negative fashion. 
No. It tr- you know, I know it's weird. It's like the more they, the harder they try not to, the more it happens. Because you know what? They're not really addressing the issue. They're just covering it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like having, it's like having a septic tank that's overflowing, and instead of calling a septic specialist, you just bury more dirt on top of the shit puddle. Exactly. Exactly. The shit puddle's still there, and eventually it's going to break through. Yep. You didn't treat the problem. You just masked it. And that's what ESPN always does. And their record is so bad. I mean, we go back to it, and I, I'm going to draw a blank on the, the name of the two women involved, but there was the woman at the NBA Finals who was caught on a Zoom meeting recorded saying that she was not going to let them take away her airtime because ESPN had been so bad with minority hires that they wanted to put an African-American woman on the air. She like basically threatened them and said, you're not going to kill my career because you guys did a shit job. And it did kill her career. But it was just another example. ESPN puts Band-Aids on stab wounds and then goes, nothing to see here. You had this guy in your system. I don't know if you guys, where you guys work, but every email I have, every email that comes or goes, my organization reserves the right to review it. Every single one that comes or goes from my work address. And that's pretty standard in large corporations. Yeah, that's, so pretty, ESPN, that's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, ESPN can't sit there and say, well, we didn't know. If you didn't know, then you were too lax. So either you're too stupid or you let it happen. And either it, way, there you have accountability here. That's right. And it, it, before people go off and say, well, you can't do that, um, you can thank Enron several, you know, a couple decades ago. Yes. Because before that wasn't a thing. And after Enron, that became a thing. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you absolutely can. What you can't do is monitor emails without notification. You own the network. It's your network, and it's to be used for business purposes only. Guys, mm-hmm. I've done internal investigations as part of what I do. Do you know how many people are shocked when we go, wait, you can see my emails? You're damn right I could see your emails. Oh, You'll yeah. never know. And I don't talk a lot about what I do, and I know we're over time here. Yeah, that's right. But you will be shocked oh, at you would how be. many times I, I investigate something, and someone's like, I didn't do it. I never said that. I never did that. And I go, well, that's funny because I have an email here. And all of a sudden it goes, well, well that was that one time. <laughs> you're, 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 it was at one time I made a mistake. I said the wrong words. Really? Because I've got emails from the following six dates. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> ESPN knew, had to know this happened. ESPN, even if they didn't review them in real time, they turned the damn emails over to the league as part of the investigation. What did they do? Drop them on the doorstep and walk away whistling? <laughs> it was just a giant pile of paper and they walked away. <laughs> Again, I've been involved in investigations. When somebody makes a legal request for my documents, you know what the first thing I do after I print them all? I, I read them. <laughs> I read them because I have to assess liability for my company. Mm-hmm. If one of them says something so inflammatory is going to come back to us, my leadership needs to know. I'm still going to hand it over because that's the right thing to do. But I am not handing over stacks of emails and documentation without knowing what I'm handing over. Yeah. It, it's called it's, risk management, folks. It's a common concept in business. And so really, ESPN cannot sit there and say, we didn't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they didn't know. They can't say that they, they can. I guess they can say they didn't know at the time. But once they turned everything over, they've, I'm sure they knew. So then that's incompetence. That means you're, you're failing. 
that we, we call that programmatic neglect. You are failing to provide oversight in your own system to prevent these acts from happening. Mm -hmm. That is programmatic problems. So either you ignored it or you were too stupid to look for it. And either way, ESPN has accountability in this because an ESPN employee participated in this kind of chat. Unless ESPN comes out and goes, here's every memo we sent to John Gruden saying he needs to be appropriate in his emails, they have culpability. Yeah. And that's the part that everyone's missing in this. Everyone is skating by ESPN. E ESPN, its entire life, and I'm not saying everything they do is bad, but when they make mistakes, they are real great at pointing at something else. Real yep. great. They're like, hey, look at that over there. Anyway, so uh, yeah. So ESPN turned off a, a whole, over a whole bunch of emails that said John Gruden was a terrible person. But don't miss this Monday night as Eli and Peyton break down the game live on ESPN2. <laughs> yep. Can you imagine if actual news did that? Can you imagine? There's been an earthquake. 750 people are dead. Next up, a kitten stuck in a tree. Hey, doesn't, the Could news, you doesn't the news do that? Not that blatantly. <laughs> All right. At least true. not the ones I watch. I, I watch. I watch a lot of ABC out of New York, and the guys who the guy who their um their their central newscaster is very kind of like a mm, that's terrible, and then he moves on kind of thing. It's kind of his transition. At least I, I'll take that better than you know. Hey, don't look over here. Mm. Kind of thing. Yeah. Your own house is on fire. You can't throw stones here. You can't. Yeah. You no, know what right. you can do. What can you do? You can help us out by leaving us a review wherever you listen to us. We're on so many different podcast directories. I've given up trying to list them going forward. <laughs> but it would be a, always a big help. People always ask, how can I help your program grow? You can help us by leaving us a good review and giving us some feedback on what you're hearing. If you'd like to give us feedback directly, in addition to leaving us a review, you can reach us at FignutsDFS on Twitter. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast on Facebook. And we are accessible on email at, at the address fignutsdfs at gmail.com. So I wasn't supposed to be here this week, which was supposed to be a good thing. And uh, so now I'm here, and Craig gets to take his victory lap. So congratulations to Craig. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Hopefully I will see you in the Super Bowl this year, and I will get my shot at revenge. <laughs> um, but uh, So enjoy week six, everybody. We will be back next week. Uh, and we will break down week seven. So until then, thank you for listening. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And hi, Deb. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast. Mm -hmm.